Thank you for listening to Crossroads Community Church of Jefferson Hills. At Crossroads, our mission is to be the church by sharing and showing the love of Christ and inviting others to be recipients of Christ's love. Now, here is this week's message from Pastor Floyd Hughes. All right, good morning, Crossroads. Uh, welcome to our Easter Sunday resurrection celebration where we love celebrating Jesus especially on Resurrection Sunday. So uh, happy Easter to everyone. If I haven't had a chance to wish you a happy Easter this morning. Um, As we get started, there's a verse of scripture I want to share with you uh, that we share during the sunrise celebration this morning. And I want to share it with you guys because most of you were asleep at 6.51 when we did the sunrise thing. But uh, it's a verse of scripture from uh, a book of the Bible that we've been walking through. It's from Mark uh, chapter 16. And this is what it says. Verse 1, it says, When the Sabbath was passed, Sabbath was Saturday, sundown the weekend, was passed after the sun had set, Mary Magdalene and Mary the mother of James and Salome purchased sweet-smelling spices so that they might go and anoint Jesus' body, which was a cultural custom to go and anoint the body with spices in that day. But then verse 5 says this, When they went to the tomb, they saw a young man who we and other verses tells us it was an angel, sitting there on the right side, clothed in a long, stately, sweeping robe of white. And they were utterly amazed and struck with terror. Now, they were terrified because they were, like, alarmed that the body of Jesus had risen. But um, the angel was sitting on the right side of what we've heard the term the shroud of Jesus. It was a white cloth that covered his face. And I didn't know this before, but there was a cultural custom in Jewish families where whenever they would have dinner, the Lord of the house, uh, when he stopped eating, he would take his napkin and he would either just crumple it up and leave it on the table or crumple it up and drop it on the floor if he needed to stop and he was done. So like after he was eating, like most of your children do, he just took it and tossed it on the table or tossed it on the floor. But if he was coming back, if he had to get up to go like answer a text or go run to work or go help somebody get their buggy out of a ditch, he would take the napkin and he would fold it up and he would leave it on the table or on the seat so that the servants would know that he was coming back. And the other verses tell us that the angel directed the women's attention to that napkin so that they would know that Jesus was coming back. And that's the whole reason why we celebrate this day, Resurrection Sunday, is because it's a reminder that, yes, Jesus rose from the dead, but also that he's coming back. All right, as you are making your way um, back to your seats and getting situated, and yeah, I apologize, that was a really quick minute. Um, But this Easter Sunday, we're going to wind down our series where we're walking through the book of Mark because... The last chapter of the book of Mark is a passage about the resurrection, and it's one of the reasons why I refer today, refer to today as Resurrection Sunday. Um, and this is like the heart of what Mark was trying to communicate, and this passage focuses on Easter Sunday really well. Uh, so even if you haven't been following this series and you're just showing up today, you'll still get the impact uh, from this passage. Um, so just like this morning at our sunrise celebration, 
Uh, I'm going to put all the verses up here on the screen, but if you want to follow along, there's a Bible under your seat, left, right, front of you, somewhere near you, or on the tables. And if not, raise your hand. We'll have someone bring one to you. And if you do want to follow along, turn to Mark chapter 16. It's the last chapter of the book of Mark. But while you're turning there, uh, let me share something with you quickly, because when you turn to the last chapter of the book of Mark, after verses 1 through 8, you'll see a note like this. The earliest manuscripts and some other ancient witnesses do not have verses 9 through 20. Anyone see that in their, in their Bible, if you're looking there? Okay, nobody's looking there yet. Okay, because everyone's eating, and I still smell bacon and sausage. But that's okay. It's good. Um, just save me like one sausage, that's all. Um, this is there because a lot of the manuscripts that they found from which the Bible is based on, some of them don't have these verses. Uh, so what a lot of people have said is, hey, well, these are verses that were added like 1800s, 1900s, the church trying to you know, take over the world, that kind of thing. But in actuality, really quick, I just want to show you, uh, in the first, second, and third century, uh, you may not be familiar with these names, but these are people who helped kind of start the church after the people whose names are written in the Bible, Papias, 8100, Justin Martyr, Hippolytus, Esubius, they quoted from these verses. So even though they weren't in some manuscripts, some manuscripts did have them, uh, these first, second century and third century people knew them. And Esubius from, I think, 325, he used to quote regularly from the last 12 verses uh, where it says they're not in manuscripts. So he was familiar with them. They weren't added in like the 18 or 1900s as some profess. However, uh, there were lots of other people as well that referenced these verses. So uh, as far as we can tell, they were valid biblical verses that were a part of what the early church used to show and share the gospel. So in Mark chapter uh, 9 is what we read. When Jesus rose early on the first day of the week, he appeared first to Mary Magdalene, out of whom he had driven seven demons. She went and told those who had been with him and who were mourning and weeping, the other disciples, when they heard that Jesus was alive and that she had seen him, they did not believe it. Now, they probably didn't make fun of her, like people make fun of Christians today. But for me, it doesn't, I can understand why they wouldn't believe it, but it kind of doesn't make sense because she went to the people who had spent a lot of time with Jesus. So these are the people who had seen Jesus raise at least three other people from the dead, seen him heal the blind, seen him heal a paralyzed man, make him walk. Um, and yet when they came and said, hey, uh, Jesus is alive, he rose from the dead, just as he said he would, they didn't believe it. And here's the reason, because when we go tell people, hey, this is why we're going to celebrate this risen Jesus, they don't believe us either, but that's because there's a lot of people that have just lost hope, right? And you don't have to raise your hand, but we probably know some people because of everything going on in the world who have lost hope. And when we go to them and say, hey, there's this great God who loves you and can do all these wonderful things for your life, they look at everything going on in the world and they're like, I'm just not buying it. It just doesn't make sense to me because they have no hope. And this is the same that was happening uh, to the disciples. right? So the next verse says that afterward, Jesus appeared in a different form to two of them while they were walking in the country. These returned and reported it to the rest, but they did not believe them either. 
Now, for those of you who are not familiar, uh, this was also recorded in the book of Acts in an account called The Road to Emmaus, where Jesus showed up to two people who were walking on the road to Emmaus, and they didn't know it was him, and he started telling them, hey, you know this thing in your history, what we call the biblical books that Isaiah said or that Jeremiah said, and they were like, yeah, Jesus said, this is how this points to me. So these two guys run back and they tell the others, hey, we saw Jesus. We know he died. We were at the funeral. We joined with everyone. We ate the potato salad. We did all the things. But we saw him risen. And they were like, I, I don't believe it. And they probably said, how do you know that was Jesus? He was like, well, he, he, he told us all of these things from the Old Testament, which would have been their history, that this and this pointed to him and this and this pointed to him. And they still didn't believe it. And the same is true today because when we go to people, and even when we tell them, hey, it's not just the Bible, there are historical and uh, um, archaeological things that show the claims of the Bible are true, and we go to them, they're still like, I don't believe it. And here's the thing, that's okay. And that's what a lot of people miss, because most people in the church think, if you don't believe it, my job is to beat you over the head with the Bible until you do, which is not true, because uh, we don't have to argue, debate, demean, criticize, judge, or harass people who don't believe us. We just go and then tell the people who do. So hopefully, hopefully, and you know, I know we're not, but hopefully no one is going out and engaging in like arguments on Facebook and yelling and screaming at people and like, well, I can't ever talk to you again if you believe or don't believe or whatever, whatever. Hopefully, we're just like, okay, I'm sorry you don't believe that, but we can still go to lunch. My treat, dinner will be your treat, and then we can still go play golf. We can still go bowling. We still go fishing. We can still go hunting. We can still do all of this stuff, and it's okay. I'm not going to talk to you anymore about Jesus, but I'm still going to go tell other people what God has done in my life through Jesus because that's what we're supposed to do, right? So the next verse says, Later Jesus appeared to the eleven as they were eating, and he rebuked them for their lack of faith and their stubborn refusal to believe those who had seen him after he had risen. And usually that's, that's, that's what we're up against, right? There's some people, they're just stubborn. They're not going to believe it no matter what you say. Uh, Mark Berkshire, who's another pastor and I, uh, we do a podcast together, and we were doing a Good Friday podcast, and he was pointing out that, yeah, there are a lot of people who don't believe that Jesus rose from the dead. Some of them have been sitting in the pews for like 20, 30, 40 years, and some of them are preaching from the pulpit that it's not true. They just don't believe Jesus rose from the dead, Right? And it's not our job to judge them. It's not our job to harass them because they're just never going to believe it. But there are people who will, and that shouldn't stop us from sharing it with those people. Verse 15, he said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved, but whoever does not believe will be condemned. This was, if you've heard that term, the Great Commission, the first Great Commission, the world would ever know, because most people quote the one from Matthew, but Mark was written 20 to 25 years before the book of Matthew. So this is the Great Commission that people heard, just go preach the gospel to everyone in creation. Now, I want to put it up in a different version. This is the New International NIV version, same version you have on your Bibles, but in the complete Jewish Bible version, the language is just a little bit different, so they would have had a little bit of a different understanding. In a complete Jewish Bible version, it's, then he said to them, as you go, 
throughout the world. Proclaim the good news to all creation. So it's not just going to the world and do it. It's as you go to do it. As you go into new communities, as you move into new houses, as you start new jobs, as you go to new gyms, as you go to new fishing holes, as you go to new bowling alleys, as you go to new golf places, whatever those are called. I don't golf. What are those called? Course, golf courses, yeah, as you go to those places, proclaim the good news to all creation because that's what we're supposed to do. And we're going to end our series uh, with this because I love that Mark ends this with the same way he started it, putting an emphasis on the need to share the gospel, the good news of what Jesus did. Uh, when we started this months ago, back in January, uh, this is the Amplified Version. This is how it starts. The beginning, Mark chapter 1, verse 1, the beginning of the facts of the good news, the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. And then Mark records when Jesus actually starts his ministry, after John was arrested and put in prison, Jesus came into Galilee preaching the good news, the gospel of the kingdom of God. And we just read... He said to them, go into the, all the world and preach and publish openly the good news, the gospel to every creature of the whole human race. That's the focus of the entire book of Mark. That's the focus of the life of Jesus. Not once in any gospel, Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John, does Jesus say, hey, I want you guys in the church to focus all your time on energy to cramming as many people into a building as you can. Not once. Not once does he say, I want you guys to focus all your time and energy to trying to give people to give as much money as you can. But in every single one it's recorded, he says to every single one who becomes a believer, I want you to go and share the gospel, which is to tell people, hey, here's what God has done in my life, and here's what he can do for you. And I love the way Mark ends. The last verse of the book of Mark says, then the disciples went out and preached everywhere, and the Lord worked with them and confirmed his word by the signs that accompanied it. Everywhere they went, they shared the gospel that there was a God who loved them, that there was a God who sent his son to die for them, and that that same God invites them to be a part of his family. So uh, we're going to partake of communion, uh, but as we do, um, I'm going to ask us to consider for a moment where we stand on that same scale. Because we could be, if we call ourselves Christians, the ones who say, I'm going to do what the disciples do, and I'm just going to remain silent, and I'm not going to believe it, and I'm not going to tell anyone, and I'm not going to do anything. Or we could do what Jesus encouraged them to do, and what the Bible encourages us to do, and say that we're going to go and tell people that there's a God who loves us enough that he sent his son to die for us, and that we can be a part of his family. All we have to do is believe in his death, burial, and resurrection. And that we're going to do it in a way where we're not beating people over the head of the Bible. We're not going to argue. We're not going to debate. We're just going to share the love of Christ with them, with our words. Show the love of Christ with them, with our actions. And yes, with our Facebook posts and texts and all that stuff. And then when they feel comfortable, invite them to be a part of God's amazing love. So I'm going to ask you guys to stand. I'm going to ask the uh, Kevin and Gary, can you guys come up uh, for communion? And normally, when we partake of communion, we share the verses out of uh, 1 Corinthians. But I'm actually going to share the verses out of the book of Mark because they're actually very appropriate. And it says, uh, 
In Mark 14, 22, while they were eating, he, meaning Jesus, took a loaf of bread, praised God, gave thanks, and asked him, meaning God, to bless it to their use. Then he broke it and gave it to them and said, take, eat, and this is my body. Now, we bought the already sliced bread, and it's not because we're lazy. It's just because if you were here a couple of weeks ago, I really had a hard time breaking that bread apart. So uh, we're going to take the already sliced bread, but we are going to take it and give thanks. And I'm going to ask you to bow your heads for a minute. God, we are so grateful uh, that you took the time to give your son, to send him, to allow his body to be broken for our sins, to pay the penalty for our sins. And all you ask in return is that we go out and tell people about your amazing love. And we thank you and praise this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So I'm going to ask you guys to hold that. And then it says, he also took a cup of the juice of grapes, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, and they all drank of it. And he said to them, this is my blood, which ratifies the new covenant, the blood which is being poured out for and on account of many. And typically what they would do is uh, they would have one glass And so the person who was lord of the house would take a sip, and then they all would take a sip. We're not going to do that. I see some concerned faces. That's not how we do that here, okay? But then there was also a time where they would take a piece of the bread, they would dip it, and then they would eat it as a part of the meal, which is what we're going to do. So God, we are so grateful again that your blood was poured out so that ours wouldn't have to be, that by doing so, you paid the penalty for our sins, And today as we partake of communion, today as we celebrate your death, your burial, and we rejoice in your resurrection, we give thanks and praise to you in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. 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 So I am just going to say that uh, as you feel led, feel free to come forward and partake of communion. Once we do that, we're going to sing an older hymn, uh, and then we'll be done. This work that you did. By dying for our sins, we pray that we love on others the way that you love on us, and we share and show your love to the world, a world that desperately is in need of hope. And we pray this in Jesus' men, and everyone said amen. 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 Pray you guys have an awesome rest of your Easter Sunday, Resurrection Sunday. Thank you for coming and spending your morning with us. God bless. We hope you enjoyed the message. If you did, please leave a comment on our webpage, crossroadsofjeffersonhills.com, or our Facebook page. You can also join our Sunday celebration every Sunday at 1037 a.m. We look forward to hearing from you online or in person. Thank you and God bless.